You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. Hi, Michael. Hello, Andre. Well, um, people seem to have really missed us talking about nothing because uh, the podcast that we released a couple weeks ago sure got a lot of listens very quickly. Well, I was uh, I always re-listen to them to see how weird we get when we do, especially the shoot the shit ones. And uh, there was that point where you took a phone call from your wife, and, and I kind of gave a play-by-play of your end of the conversation. Which, was that the one that we posted? Because we had two in that batch. Yeah, no, that was the one. We did that. Because we got another one coming up where you and I get into a bit of rant about uh, value and pricing, because I've, I've had an epiphany after my trip to California, and I, I hope it comes through lucid in the next Oh, cast. yeah, that, that's another one, yes. But no, this one was the one where you, uh, where you, um, where you took a phone call. But uh, mid podcast, very rare. Speaking of, uh, of of podcasts that we've got coming up, um, we've got Tony Aspler yes coming up in the continuing legacy series. Yep. Uh, and it was actually kind of amazing. Yesterday, I had to uh, go to work a little bit late, so I posted the podcast a little bit late. And within minutes of me posting the West Lowry podcast, we had five listens, like in ten minutes. So people were sitting on the edge of their seat, waiting to see what we were going to do next. Well, uh, that West Lowry one is is really good and yeah. if you haven't listened to it i recommend it and um if you if you wonder why you should be listening to uh, a podcast with west lowry you know lowry vineyard appears on a lot of bottles and uh there is some really good history there that you may not realize why it is such an important vineyard and they are such an important family and um we have thomas Bachelder who's coming back again Thomas uh, seems to be one of our favorite guests, along with David Rice from uh, Klonakilla. Yeah. Uh, but Thomas, uh, we always get him in the studio, which is nice. You know, by phone, he's fine, he's dandy. But, I mean, you get him <laughs> in the same room, and his enthusiasm uh, for storytelling is palpable. Yeah, and we hit we hit the zone, and I, I think the goal this time was sort of to get him to bring his story to the modern times because like we'd barely touched on Le Closure Dan that first podcast we did with him and we and didn't do it. The only thing I I can tell you about that podcast that I remember is he sings Barbie Girl. Yeah. The, and the song by Aqua. Yeah. And I don't remember how far he got, but I know we have to have <laughs> him back because Thomas, you still haven't reached modern times. Yeah, so we got we got a couple of, uh, of podcasts uh, rolling out there. And um speaking of Thomas uh, we got a chance to taste through some of his wines. Apparently, at least one of us did. Well, I, you're, you're talking about the I4C, yeah. obviously, which which happened, you know, back in July. And so, who can remember what you know what what I did yesterday? Let alone back in July. I, I remember what I did in July. Uh, I can look back at the calendar. Okay, but um, I I I. I'll fully admit to you, Andre, that I enjoy tasting Chardonnay. I don't always enjoy drinking Chardonnay. I enjoy tasting it because I like to find out where it has come, where it is going, if it is getting better um, on a on a larger scale than just you know certain places. If well, you know what, what, I mean. what are your findings? Because um, like I know we've talked about ABC before, and it's something that I like to tease you about. And I, I know that some of those really overdone, over-oaked, liquid wood Chardonnays do exist, but it feels like they're fewer and, and far between. They're still, they're still out there. I tasted but, but them. But there aren't a lot of them. But uh, you know, there, there, there is a, a, a nice pulling back 
uh, from Oak, uh, which is nice to see. California still does California. Not all of them, but there's still California doing California. And I guess, it. look, I know people like that style, and they will always like that style. Uh, we taste at the Vintages Tasting every couple of weeks, and, you know, those styles are, they run amok in California. But there are also some really good Chardonnays from California that show fruit over oak. Um, of which I don't think we had anyone from California this year at, at I4C. Sure, we? They were. there was Han. Oh, okay. Han was there. Uh, there was a couple from California. It's always nice to see California show up. California represent. But I must have been asleep at the wheel for that. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't make it to the the California, the California Chardonnay. There were so many wines in that room that it was tough to hit them all. And you, I hit them all. I hit the, them all except for the ones that I did. I'd already tasted. And the event that we're talking about is the flights of Chardonnay, Flights of Chardonnay which takes the, place on the the Friday well, night. The Friday evening, and uh, you and I were trying to figure it out. You, you've got the booklet here. Yeah. Basically, the winery start at page four, end at seventy two. There's some ads in there, but I'm thinking 45, 50 wines were in that room. I, somebody correct me if I'm if I'm wrong on that, but that's a lot of Chardonnay. Jeez, to get you would through. think that we would have prepped ourselves a little bit more before God, doing this no, podcast. No, we're just shooting the shit about Chardonnay suddenly. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, um, the, that Friday night event. Like, there's just so many reasons why it's an amazing event. Uh, I, I'm, I'm and I even like it, and I don't like Chardonnay as a, as a rule. Yeah, you, you you like it just as a great wine event, like a great social event to go to, to take your friends to, to take your family to, to I mean, just sort of show how great Ontario wine is on the world stage. Not just and show how we compare. Um, what I really liked about it this year is there was one wine per table. I thought there were two last year, but there was definitely I think there was only one. one last year as well. I could get through the whole thing. Um, and then you and I also had the discussion about the food. Yeah, well, I mean, just before we, we, we talk about the food, like, I, I just want to kind of give you the Coles note, the elevator pitch, why you need to go to this event is um, the price of admission gets you into the event. And you can taste all the wines. The only thing you have to pay extra for is the food. And even then, it's not terribly expensive. But the fact that you don't have to buy drink tokens you don't have to muck around with really anything once you get into the event is one of the reasons why i will return to this event every year okay top three uh chardonnays from flights of chardonnay uh the blonde blanc sparkling from chateau de charme i thought was an absolute showstopper and um just like head and shoulders above what even the regular brute is from chateau de charme which is saying a lot because i love that wine mm-hmm. good um, too on the regular brute I know talking value, but a little bit more pricey. The the Colette Blanc de Blanc, the champagne, it comes in at eighty five bucks. But I mean, not a a bad way to spend eighty five bucks. Would it would have made my top three? Yep. Um, I, I'd say for, can I can I give a tie for the third? A couple of sure. Oregon, a couple of bottles from Oregon. Sure, sure. I love the Arthur from Domaine Drouin, and I know we tasted the wine when we did the uh, the interview earlier this year. But I just I love that wine. It's got the beautiful mineral backbone. It's Everything that's great about Chardonnay from Oregon and a little bit of depth, and also the Bachelder Oregon, uh, it's about twenty five bucks a bottle. Is just another like it's a really special bottle, it really is. I uh, I I can tell you this, um, there were uh, a few bottles that I did enjoy. There was a bottle of Vina Echeveria unoak Chardonnay. There's no way Wait, you would have sorry what Vina Echeveria. No, not not that word. Un-oaked. There it is. That's the word. Un-oaked Chardonnay. You wouldn't have believed it was un-oaked. It was very good. 
It was very good. In fact, I told some people about it, and they go, I don't like an oak Chardonnay. Tried that wine, and they were like, I really like that wine. <laughs> so that that was really good. Um, so these are my, these are, are a little bit of just little shout-outs. The Lightfoot and Wolfville Vineyards. Yeah, it's... Um they had I, a sparkling I, wine, you know five just, years on Lee's. I love really the good. fact. I love the fact that uh, we're getting delegations from uh, across the country showing up at at I four C, and um, there's no clear difference in quality from the wines coming from BC and Nova Scotia versus Ontario. Like, there's no way we could do a Royal Rumble as to which province is making the best Chardonnay, but. The reflection of terroir is really different in from all three regions, and it's really exciting to taste that we get high quality Chardonnay from all over the country. Now, my top three would have included that champagne you mentioned, Paul Kluver yep. from South Africa. Okay, don't really think of Chardonnay from South Africa, but that was really good. And then I was totally blown away. So this was my number one wine of the night. It was from a place called La Maison du Vigneron. Yes. I can't even make fun of you for that. Yeah, that was, that was, that was beautiful, good. Michael. Marcel Cavalier, Esprit du Chardonnay, Crémont Jura, 2014. Absolutely outstanding. I'm usually, people say, you want to try some Jura wine? And I'm like, no, I don't want anything to do with Jura. I find it harsh. This was a sparkling wine, 100% um, Chardonnay. All these wines were available at the LCBO uh, during that weekend, yeah. I went on the next day going, I got to buy some of that. It was twenty three ninety five? Yeah, Great bottle of sparkling wine. It sold out? Sold out. Oh, that sucks. 15, I hate it when that happens. 15 cases. They, they told me were available. I thought, ah, you know what? I'll be able to pick some up that morning. Gone, which means people went on their phone that night and went, I got to buy that one. Cool. That's great that people are, 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 are buying a few bottles at the event. Yeah, based on that. It was such a good wine. Such a good wine. Uh, so earlier that day, we went to school. We did. The School for Cool. Yep. Well, School of Cool. It's literally written on the paper in front of you. Oh, uh, is that how... Oh, of is not pronounced for? No. No, okay. it's not. Um, I thought there was some really, really interesting stuff that went on there. The uh, the keynote address from John Bonet. Um, the, my takeaway from his, his keynote was I really liked how he compared uh, Chardonnay. And I think you could draw this comparison to the rest of the wine world to fashion, how things kind of move in, in trends and uh, different things come in and out of style. Like, I mean, I'm sure Tony Aspler would agree that a lot of the natural wines, I say they put that in air quotes that we're seeing uh, 10 years from now are going to be like the leg warmers of the Ontario or uh, sorry of the, of the wine industry. As a, as a non Chardonnay person, um, you really have to get somebody who grabs my attention and I know you love Chardonnay so you want to hear it talked about as yeah. much as possible well especially I want somebody to grab my attention grab me by the lapel and go you got to listen to me yeah. John Bonet was just not that guy um, yeah. too many ums ahs uh, you know all that kind of thing I, I I don't know if he was comfortable that's a very large room like I'm I, we, I sat at the well, back very large and, and a very I'm large looking. educated room as well too so he's I found him a very stilted speaker. Uh, his writing is very good, but I mean, yeah. you know, somebody who is just maybe not comfortable public speaking. You never know. You know, the old uh, the old joke is that um, people are afraid more of public speaking than they are of dying, which means if you're at a funeral, you'd rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. And with that in mind, I, I just don't think 
uh, John was was ready for that room for that mass of people. At least it didn't sound like it. There were some other great speakers that 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 spoke that yeah, day. Yeah, well, and we'll, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that in. What are you doing? We'll get to that in a second. But I want to talk a little bit about the um, the first flight of wines that we tasted, which. Um, I mean, it's, it's one of the reasons I love I4C is being able to compare uh, wines from all over the, the planet. We had wines from New Zealand, South Africa, Chile, and a, a couple from Ontario and Oregon on that first panel. And um, the 2015 Rusty Shed from Flat Rock, come on. Like, that wine is is a, a showstopper. And, uh, like, we had, we had Vital Estate. We had Hamilton Russell. Like, we had some really... Great I was going to say I found some duds on even on that panel, but yeah. the Ontario wines really shone, and that Rusty Shed is outstanding value at twenty six well, ninety five. And I know, I know you said I know you said duds on that panel, but I think the um, like the event was so well well curated. The the thing is when you when you're tasting that many wines side by side, wines that on their own would be excellent end up kind of lost in the masses when you have something that is uh, hashtag not my chardonnay how about that Will yeah you absolutely that absolutely okay but i mean like that, that 2015 rusty shed was a, a showstopper on that first panel and you you and i we, we talked about this as well because it was wine number seven and wine number eight was the 2016 westcott which was totally chardonnay. drowned out by that wine and 2016 hot vintage the 2016 chardonnay that that i've been tasting from ontario has all been like really bright vibrant like kick-ass ripe fruit but it was drowned out by the rusty shed just which is not a testament like look the westcott wines are excellent like th this chardonnay from westcott is, is a beautiful chardonnay i usually buy buy at least a few bottles of this wine every year but it's just the rusty shed is that much better the, the 15 is good the 16 is better oh and, yeah and for some reason you know tasting order really does make a difference by putting that rusty shed which is you know, such a big Chardonnay next to, um, I guess, a more delicate Westcott. Yeah, it just it was really drowned out by that, and it was and it was really unfortunate. So, just to make sure we're being absolutely clear, the Westcott Chardonnay is still a very good wine, just and it's don't great drink value. It with the rusty shed, no, drink them on their own and let the wine speak for themselves. Yes, that would be it. Um, you loved the next the next panel. I thought this was a great little panel. This was uh, hosted by uh, Peter Rod. Yes, and Peter's a fabulous speaker he's a lot of fun and he brought out the pu scale yeah which is pleasure uh, units pleasure units but but the thing that was amazing about that is you took a, a room full of educated palettes and broke things down into such a simple way of uh, explaining things like basically what we we had we had wines we had cheeses in front of us and he asked us to decide whether or not mixing the cheese with the wine made both more enjoyable or less enjoyable and i found a couple of the pairings not to my liking the cheeses were all great the, the wines were all great but when you put them together it doesn't necessarily make a great combo now i know this was supposed to go like an hour long yeah and obviously cheese and, and wine people can gobble that up in a second so peter spoke for about 10 minutes and then he you know he brought up and and again my mind started like looking at this plate of cheese, looking at these wines, and I wanted to just dive right in. Yeah. And unfortunately, he brought up somebody f from the cheese industry yeah. who we're supposed to fill another 10, 15 minutes with how to make cheese. And while, while I learned a little bit because 
my mind wandered back to this plate of cheese. That's a tough act to do with a with a with that kind of I, I also, thing in front of you, and you wanting to just dive right in, and you have to because they kept going, hold on, wait, don't eat the cheese yet. Yeah, and she had to keep talking to kind of let the cheese warm up. That was the reason for it, but it was mean. <laughs> it was mean. It was mean to her because. I don't know how many people were actually listening to her, and it was mean to us because you could just smell the cheese, you could smell those wines, and it was just something you you wanted to get involved with. It was definitely a panel that that I enjoyed, and uh, it it was fascinating. I shouldn't say shouldn't say fascinating. I did not know that Harold Thiel owned uh, Upper Canada Cheese. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, so it should have been no surprise to me that that was one of the like slam dunk best pairings was the Hidden Bench uh, 2015 Felsic Chardonnay with the Niagara Gold, which is an amazing cheese. Yeah. I yeah. love that cheese. I, I'm a big fan of cheese. Who's not a? I can't. I don't know anybody who's a bit, who's not a fan of cheese. Yeah. So you know what we didn't talk about, and we should really quickly just touch on them. Yeah. Our, we kind of made a quick mention about that flight of Chardonnay, the food. People. Oh shit! Yeah. When I, when I said to you that I tasted everything in the room, I finished and I was like, "I'm I'm not going to be able to no, eat." No, you know what? It's, I'm going to get a cracker off the floor. I'm going to get a piece of bread at a table. But everybody was well stocked. There was great food there. Uh, I'm I'm I I said to you that I had some of the um, some of the oysters. Yeah, tied in vine. Uh, you had some wings of some sort. Yeah, the Korean Korean fried duck wings from Bolette and. Um, if, I'm if always if, worried about that because of spice. I never you see and, a little chili, and I'm like, ah, and you know what? I I need to do this with you because I know you don't handle handle spice um, too well, and I'm 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 very respectful of friends who can't do spice because there's some people who just can't handle it. There's nothing there's nothing manly about eating spice if it's going to ruin your evening and, and next morning. Like, but I, I think <laughs> and the following day. But I think I, I think I can hook you up with some Korean food. It's not as, as spicy as you'd think or look. And we'll give we'll give it a, we'll give it a shot in the fall. And then um, Eric Peacock's Chilero. Yes. That trio of uh, tacos. It even says here in the in the booklet, "Damn awesome tacos." They were damn awesome tacos. They were, and I and uh, his food truck is at the new mall in uh, Niagara. You know, like. it's it's just it's it's always one of the weak points I think of most wine events is that the plates are either too small or there's just not enough food there, and flights of Chardonnay really should be a template for how to run a wine event. Um, to keep people thirsty for more. Oh my god! Look, <laughs> here's here's what I would also like to see. It is a big love-in for Chardonnay. It and is. I get it. Okay. But you know what you should have? You should have at least some well, skepticals. C continue, skepticals? But, if, but skepticals, skeptics. Finish your point. You should have some skeptics on a panel to at least balance it out a little bit. You know, I just. The love in Chardonnay thing, I don't know. I just, I know, I know you, you are part of that love in. Oh no, I, I find, I, I think it isn't. I actually think it is an interesting, an interesting concept because the thing is, uh, it's one of the things that John talked about in his keynote is that um, we're seeing fewer sh Chardonnay vineyards appearing on the planet, which. Um, even as a Chardonnay lover, I don't think is necessarily a, a, a bad thing. Like one of the things I love about Chardonnay is, I really feel like it is that litmus test for a wine growing region because it it is relatively easy to grow. And sorry if you're running a vineyard and think that I'm nuts, but I mean I've heard more than enough people say that it's if, a weed. if, you, it's if a your weed. region if your region can't grow Chardonnay, you 
probably shouldn't be growing grapes. It does well in heat, it does well in cool. It's just like, it's a great way to, to highlight a wine growing region, which is what's really exciting about um, Lightfoot and Wolfville. I always want to call them Wolf Lighter Ville. I know it's 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 weird to mix those up, but but I mean it's they they can clearly ripen the Chardonnay out there on the East Coast and taste great. Yeah, I've always liked their Ancien, Ancien. Man, you're doing really great with the French today. You've been playing a Duolingo. Uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, cool. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, a little more skeptics. That's all I wanted. I want like, can you imagine me on a Chardonnay panel? Imagine me on a Chardonnay panel. I would give you the straight goods. I don't I, think that's my kind of Chardonnay. Hashtag not my Chardonnay. I would actually pay to see that. I would. I Because, I, um, all teasing aside, I think you're stern, but fair. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Well, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Uh, leave a comment. Angry phone calls to Michael Pincus. Obviously. I'm Andre Prue from AndreWineReview.ca. I am so stoked for I4C next year. I am definitely looking forward to going back. I think... Uh, I'm going to try to weasel my way into the Saturday night dinner, which I haven't done in a couple of years, but I heard was outstanding this year from more than one person. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that goes. I'm just staring at you blankly at the moment because you just put in a whole five minutes more of stuff. It was only a minute. Oh, wrap right. up, wrap it up, Michael. Oh, I, I'm I'm Michael Pingus from MichaelPingusWineReview.com. I do like that flights of Chardonnay evening. That's a good that's a good evening for Chardonnay if you like Chardonnay. Good night! Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.